Let's have a look at the cost of living payment. We're going to open the phone lines on this one shortly as well. So this has been talked about for some time, and it starts to get handed out tomorrow, so August the 1st. And while, as you'd expect, that there's criticism of this from various quarters, including the opposition, uh, there are 2.1 million New Zealanders who are going to benefit from it. So how much is it, and is it enough, Will it make a difference uh, given the cost of living uh, problems that we have and that exist all over the world? So who gets this? Well, if you're eligible, you get $27 per week for three months. That adds up to $350. Uh, but it doesn't come out weekly. It comes in three installments of $116. Uh, this will go if you are eligible and you have to be earning uh, $70,000 or less um, and not entitled to receive the winter energy payment. So that money will go straight into your bank account if you make 70 grand or less and you're not entitled to receive the winter energy payment. Uh, also reading here, the payment is only going to Kiwis aged 18 and over. You have to be a New Zealand tax resident, obviously, um, and not in jail. Um, now, one of the big things is that there are New Zealanders who will miss out on this who are eligible because they don't have their bank account details with IRD. So if you think that that might be you or that might be somebody that you know, absolutely let them know and then make sure that they get that money. Uh, but I think the best way to get your head around it, three installments of $116 uh, over the next three months. And people saying that that won't make a difference. I, I think it will. Uh, let's have some further conversation on this one with someone who knows his stuff. So Max Rushbrook is a writer on economic inequality and he is with us now. Max, thanks for being on the program. Thanks for having me on the show. So who is this payment going to help? Do you think it's the right approach? Um, I, I think it's it's got some good points. Um, it's obviously very, you know, clearly targeted what, what's now known as the squeezed middle. Um, so middle New Zealanders, people who are struggling with the cost of living. Um, and I think that's fair up to a point. Um, but what I find really strange about the payment is that, as you said in the intro, it's excludes people who are eligible for the winter energy payment. So that's, um, you know, everyone who's on a benefit, um, just about. And that that seems like a very strange move to me because those are some of the people who are hardest hit by inflation. I can't really understand why they've been excluded. So, so in a way, is this like a, a benefit for people who aren't on benefits? Yeah, yeah, essentially. Um, it's, it's trying to help people with the cost of living who aren't necessarily receiving other help from the state, although actually, you know, a lot of the people who are getting this cost of living payment will also be getting working for families, you know, so it's not like they're not getting any help from the state already. Okay, so if this was going to be better, would it be, as you say, that for people who are getting the winter energy payment, they could also get this? Is there anything else you'd change about it? Um, yeah, I, I think that's that's the main change I would make. And I assume the government hasn't done that because the payment all up is already costing something like $800 million. Um, so it's presumably sort of fiscal imperative trying to keep costs down. Um, yeah, look, I mean, that's, that's probably the main thing that I would do. I mean, it's... Uh, Look, I mean, I think the payment makes sense, but it is a bit of a band-aid. I mean, it's obviously not solving the inflation problem, and you can't just sort of keep on, um, you know, with these measures. I mean, although having said that, I suspect the government will come under pressure to extend the payment beyond its three-month uh, lifespan. How do you think people will spend this? Is there one way in particular that mostly people would spend an extra $116 in three payments? 
Um, wow, it's it's hard to know. Um, and, you know, if you look at sort of programs overseas that have given, you know, sort of chunks of money to people, middle-income people, I mean, sometimes parts of the payments are saved, um, although I, I doubt very much of these payments will be. I mean, look, yeah, I, I find it hard to know. I, I suspect people will just use it to, you know, pay the supermarket bills, you know, but really basic things like that, groceries, power, those are pretty basic staples. So, so while you've got some criticisms of it, do you think that, that we are better off having this or, or is it flawed to an extent that it's not worth the $800 million? Um, no, I, th- I think it's worth doing on balance. Um, I mean, it's, it's obviously a very political move. You know, the, the government's been under huge pressure um, on this front, you know, huge pressure to do something to help people with the cost of living. Um, it's, you know, it, the thing about it is it doesn't, it doesn't sort of, as I said, solve the big problems around inflation. Um, but then, you know, I think those those problems are substantially out of the government's control. Um, you know, they can't do anything about the fact that the cost of getting a shipping container here from China has gone up tenfold. You know, it's ten times higher than it was a couple of years ago because all that supply chain disruption all that all that stuff that we you know have been talking about for quite a while now um so in a world where the government doesn't actually have a lot of things it can do to immediately bring down inflation and you know the reserve bank is is you know doing what it can while raising interest rates i think the government has been in the position of you know has faced the position that they just have to do something to ease the impact of inflation on people in the short term while we try to do the things that will actually bring um, the cost of living crisis under control. And in that in that sense, you know, I think the, the cost of living payment is, is a good idea. I just, as I said earlier, just simply don't understand why it isn't going to everyone who needs it. How real is the notion of the squeezed middle? Which is not to say that how real is it that people who are on uh, what we call middle-class incomes uh, find it hard to get by and, and find month-to-month difficult. But how real is the notion of the squeezed middle in the sense that it, it's somehow sounding like it's harder than it is for people who are poorer than in the middle because there is less support for the squeezed middle? Yeah, I, I, I think there's sort of true and false elements to that. Um, it's, it's certainly false. To, to argue that people in the middle, you know, have it tougher than people who are in poverty. Um, you know, if if you're living on a benefit in New Zealand, I mean, the core benefit is $315 a week, I think. Um, so, and even with accommodation supplement and a couple of other things you might get, that's a, a tiny amount of money uh, to live on. Um, so, I mean, if you're in the middle, then, you know, by definition, you're you're doing better um, than people who are in poverty, but there are there are real pressures. Um, you know, even amongst sort of average New Zealanders, wages are you know pretty low. I mean, they're, they're you know significantly lower than they are in Australia, for instance. Uh, we have some of the most expensive food prices um, in the developed world. We you know electricity bills are really high, grocery bills are really high. Um, you know, we have I think there's a lot of sectors in New Zealand which aren't where firms don't face a lot of competition you know, like our supermarket duopoly um, and so that really pushes up prices and that's definitely felt by um, middle New Zealanders and then you've probably got a bit of a squeeze coming on as well for a lot of people with their mortgage payments um, 
going up. So I think I think there is a real sense that you know people in Middle New Zealand do feel the pressure. I just I just don't think that should be exaggerated um, in comparison to people who are on benefits, for instance. Max, one last question. Uh, it's been said that sixty percent of the cost of living payment has already been taken up by inflation. Some people are using that as uh, weaponry to say that we shouldn't be doing this at all. Um, but surely, at least from my point of view, doesn't that reaffirm the importance of it? Yes, I think so. And look, I mean, it, it's realistically, it's never going to be enough. And the government's in a bit of a bind. I mean, if they really started pouring money into people's pockets to try to you know, compensate for every bit of inflation, then that probably would just, you know, contribute further to uh, to inflation. So it's uh, they're, they're in a hard situation. The payment isn't sort of, it's not going to erase all people's problems, but I think it'll help a little bit, and to that extent, it's worth doing. Well, thank you so much for being on the pro- program. Really appreciate that. Max Rushbrook is a writer on economic inequality, and enjoy your Sunday afternoon. It's half past three. Let- One of the scariest things you can hear as a parent is quiet. But if you do get a little quiet time, have a listen to the parenting hangover. It's not scary at all. If I bump into a couple and they have a boy and they have a girl, and I'm like, oh, boy, girl, snip. You've got a boy, you've got a girl, get the snip. You're done. You get to figure out what it's like raising a girl, you get to figure out what it's like raising a boy. Save yourself a shit ton of stress and money. You've got your perfect little family. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.